Hi, I'm K.S. Garner, and you're listening to the Solo Nerdbird Podcast. Today, I'm joined by one of the collaborators on the 5e tabletop board game, Fat Magic RPG, currently on Kickstarter, writer and editor Shane S.C. Orman. Welcome, Shane. Hey, how you doing? Thanks for having me. Oh, thanks for joining us. So outside of my introduction, who is Shane S.C. Orman, and what are you about? Um, I'm... Well, I guess I'm a writer. I'm an editor. I've been in kind of um, in the publishing business for about 10 years, just kind of like bouncing from different um, industries within the publishing um, business. Uh, I'm from Ireland originally. And yeah, uh, there was a a job opportunity that I had in in my company in Baltimore a few years ago. So uh, I took it and I kind of I've never looked back. Oh, so yeah. you go from Ireland to, to Baltimore. Yeah, <laughs> I went from, from Ireland to Baltimore. And uh, it was funny because uh, there's a Baltimore in Ireland. So when I told my partner that uh, we were moving to Baltimore and I had gotten a job there, they were, they were not happy because it uh, it's a fishing village. And there's not much going on there. Uh-huh. Um, but uh, they're actually American. So uh, they were a lot more uh, excited about coming here. I mean, we're Baltimore's by the water i think we used to be a fishing place because like we're not that far from the harbor so yeah you'll get seafood yeah yeah we can get crabs so um what is uh the fat magic rpg about so the fat magic rpg is um it's a d d 5e campaign and it's set in a world where um all of the magic originally stems from the passion and love for food um, so, you know, instead of like a bard playing music um, to, to like evoke magic, you have people, um, you know, cooking meals and, and thinking about like the, the, the warmth and comfort that a meal get, brings them and then using that as like motivation for their magic. Um, and then because of that, the, the whole world has like evolved and changed around that. Um, so you have like, a, you know, cultures that are, are built off of this food magic. Um, you have the the terrain is like shaped and changed by the magic. There's there's foodie monsters. There's there's foodie terrain, um, and it it's kind of it it pervades everything throughout the game. Yeah, that's cool. Um, it kind of reminded me of um, I don't know if you're familiar with Webtoon, the uh, like the web comic website. There's one that I read called Soul Food, and it's um about these two. Uh, I guess you could say spirits who work at a diner in like limbo for spirits yep. that come through for souls that come through like they're fragmented and they use uh, comfort food comfort food that the souls used to consume when they were still alive to help recover memories so it kind of yeah. reminded me of that and that then sounds I, lovely yeah it's it's a night nice, I think she updates it maybe bi-weekly I'm not sure maybe once a month I've been behind on it but um yeah and then I saw the trailer as well, um, which I think you narrated, right? The trailer for the, for the Kickstarter? Yeah. Um, so we realized kind of like a week before we were meant to, to put out the Kickstarter page that you really should have a video. Uh-huh. Um, and so my partner has been um, learning how to um, edit audio and she, th- they make podcasts. Um, so uh, 
they actually put learned how to use video editing software and put together an entire video um, in less than a week, which was incredible. Oh yeah, well I need the what kind of software did they use? Because I, I need to I need to get on that as well. Uh, Morgan, what software did you use? DaVinci Resolve. DaVinci Resolve. Okay, yeah, I have to look into that. But um, I mentioned the trailer because um, you mentioned in there a sense of community and comfort mm -hmm. and happiness and how do we normally start our our D, &D 5e games we always like normally start in a tavern you know yeah. where food is being served where we all gather together and then um there's this woman who um like on instagram she eats i guess she eats with us like she's she's not used to eating alone so she for a while during the height of the pandemic she kind of like stopped eating because okay she wasn't used to eating by herself because mm -hmm. she always had, she found comfort and happiness with eating other people. So when she, you know, started eating again and going out and eating by herself, she would film it like she was eating with other people. Yeah. So that sense of community comfort and happiness that comes with food. And then also playing a tabletop board game with other people brings mm -hmm. comfort and happiness in a sense of community to a lot yeah. of other people as well. So I and I mean, I know, I know everyone's table is different, but like the way that I run a game is typically like we, we, we generally have the game in our house and I start cooking about an hour before everyone gets here. As mm -hmm. soon as we, we get here, like I serve like dinner or, you know, like a bowl of chili or something. There's always like hot food and we kind of catch up on the week. We, we, we take a moment to like, you know, touch base with each other. So it's not just game, game, game. And then we start the game. So like for me, food and D&D &D are like, you know, intrinsically connected because of that. Uh -huh. And so when the pandemic happened and this aspect of gaming was completely removed for me, all that energy was like just channeled into fat magic. Mm -hmm. and, and, and like you said, like food is, is like it's a food magic game. That's the fun way to sell it. Uh -huh. Food is an interesting avenue for like exploring you know, um, relationships between people and different societies and cultures and communities. Food is like, it's a very um, convenient um, storytelling tool and that allows you to, to really engage with like these communities. Yeah, because I believe people are more willing to talk when there's food around, you know? Yeah. And yeah. um, also when, I, when, when we used to meet in person for our games, we do them virtually now, which I can't really stand it, but you know, mm -hmm. I'll do it because I want to be with my friends. But when we used to meet in person um, Sunday afternoons, I used to bring pastries with yeah. me as well. So just, you know, snacks and beverages and stuff like that. It was like almost like a, that was our brunch. Instead of going out for brunch, that was our brunch. Yeah. And I, I have, I have like, um, I have high anxiety and ADHD and all this stuff. And so when you, when you have stuff like that, and you, you know, something that's going on with your brain, you, you think about like how the brain works a lot. And when you have food for something like to distract the brain with something other than, you know, you and I are just talking, mm -hmm. it, it, it splits the brain into two tracks. And for some reason that like relieves anxiety or relieves kind of like the social awkwardness that would usually be there. Yeah. Um, could you explain the creative process of this RPG from a thought and ID, uh, idea in your head to executing it? Yeah, it's less of a process and more of a, a mess. <laughs> um, 
it, so the, this original idea like uh, was one of those things that like comes to you at two o'clock in the morning. Um, and I, we had been playing a D&D game and it was, it was like our first D&D game that we were playing like um, in the pandemic and it was all on screens. And I, I was running it and I wasn't particularly happy with, with it. I, there was just, it, it, there was nothing wrong with it. It was a perfectly fine, like homebrew D&D game. But like, I, I feel like at that time I was looking to pour myself into something, like to, to give everything to something because, I mean, we had nothing going on except for, for being at home and, mm-hmm. and drinking at five o'clock. Like it was, it was the dark times. Um, so I, I, I went to my group and I told them this and I was like, would you be okay if I took a moment to step back and, and like uh, rethought a game and, and brought you something that I was really passionate about and really wanted to play um, at this time? And they were open. And so uh, it, it did not take long because that, that, that like 2 a.m., like I just woke up in the middle of the night and I, I, I looked at it recently and the bullet points are there for the entirety of Fat Magic Act One in that like note that I woke up in the middle of, na- of the night and, and wrote. Um, and there's a lot of stuff in that that I've like carried over to the larger story. And then so we, we, we played it um, rather than me sitting down and writing it, we just played it like straight away. And I wrote it as the game went on and I allowed it to like evolve naturally and I allowed it to be like influenced by things that were happening at the table. And I allowed it to be influenced by, by you know, anything that was kind of like concerning me last year or that was like on my mind or things that I was thinking about, books that I was reading. And uh, then when we had finished it, I kind of started the project, which kind of happened about um, November of last year. Once we had finished it, I started the process of formalizing it um, and turning it into a book. So I, I started taking everything I had written and like writing it as if I was writing for an audience. Mm-hmm. Um, because writing for yourself is, is nonsense. It's like garbled mess. Um, and so then uh, I, I brought one of the original playtesters on as an editor, that's Hannah. Um, and we started putting the book together and um, yeah, it kind of evolved from there. So how important was creating this alternative 5e um, RPG versus what is current what currently exists? I yeah, so I I I enjoyed the mechanics um, of 5e. I I I enjoy like the 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 wider kind of um, I I I enjoy the game itself, but but for me like what I find enjoyable about creating a game for my friends is is not you know taking something that someone else has written and translating that. I I really enjoy creating something and crafting something personal for my friends. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's it, it's always been um, you know that's always been the, the way that I, I run games. Um, even when I do run like the the modules, I like to deviate heavily from from them. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, this is kind of like Fat Magic is is the ultimate version of that. It's it's kind of like how I see the idealized version of like a fantasy world that I would want to be in, um, and it's it's built off of the mechanics, but it um, it picks and chooses you know 
what I like about D&D and, and what I don't like. It mashes aesthetics together. I mean, you're going to find people, you know, in, you know, wearing rocker leather jackets and, and, and you know, 50 diner, 50s diner get up, you know, people will be wearing, uh, you know, 1920s detective raincoats over full plate armor. It, it's a lot of aesthetics kind of like mashed together um, and kind of all the storytelling elements that, that I enjoy as well, kind of just stuffed in there together. Yeah, I, I, I like that it's outside of the traditional, I guess, aesthetics of what we're used to seeing with, mm -hmm. with d and um, And I was looking over the PDF, the free PDF that you get of Act One. Yeah. Um, and then I guess for the character sheets, these, there's a link that was provided for, um, I guess it's called, what is it, Ancestry and I forgot what was it called? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so you can mix cult, like cultures, you can be a half orc that was raised by elves or something like that, right? Yeah, it's our Arcanist press from kind of like divorcing, um, building your character from race. Um, so uh -huh. it's, it's less of like a race essentialist way of like creating characters and more of like, this, this is a person who has, you know, worked their whole life to be this thing uh -huh. um and yeah th that was important um because like in inclusivity is is like at the heart of the project we we play um at a table and i i don't know if you noticed um from the pdf document but we we do have like non-binary people throughout um the game is is full of queer folk um mm -hmm. the, the wider game is has um trans characters throughout um, and like for us, that's what D&D has always been because I, I play at a table with, with queer people um, and that's the way that we choose to play. And I wanted that to be the game. Yeah, because like, for me, how, like everything is based off of your race or mm -hmm. um, like your class. I'm like in your alignment. I think I hate that part the most is the alignment. Yeah, um, yeah I, I like how you all just kind of, like you said, you picked and choose what you wanted and you kept what you wanted and you got rid of what you didn't yeah. and build something around that. Um, and, you know, people say, you know, these are like fantasy races and you, you know, you don't need to, to worry about them, whatever. But the, like, if you look at like the attributes that are attributed to fantasy races, these are like the same things that people have been saying about POCs for, you know, hundreds of years. Yeah. Um, like, I, I, I think even if you look at, um, at the orcs, it uses the term noble savage. I mean, which is, you know, a term that like First Nations people have been described as for, for you know, since they were discovered or, you know, aggressively colonized. Yeah. And then how people treat drows, you know, yeah. like, whatever. It's, yeah. Nobody wants to be a drow because of how, what they're associated with in they like the dark skin and mm -hmm. how people people typically play them in the game is just like whatever <laughs> um it, it sucks that like you can just say this these people are intrinsically evil and like yeah. what they're doing is they're giving you a free pass to kill them but i mean you're creating a world where the 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 absolute worst beliefs that that terrible people have in this world are are true Mm. you know that that people are intrinsically bad and you know it's fine to kill them and that that doesn't sound like a fun place to to a fun game to play for me you know yeah i i, I think we played in a, a game similar to something like that um 
it was just someone was running it outside of the normal um, game master that we normally play with. And mm -hmm. like, I wanted to like get rid of the, the monarchy and because they had a bunch of enslaved people and people living in slums. Yeah. And um, the game master, the guy that was running it, um, was upset. He was like, you know, you're, you're tearing down the whole, I guess, the system that other people rely on. I was like, but it's yeah. not working for any of the people that live here. So what are you talking about? Why they build up their own community? Why, what, do we, what do we care? Yeah. You know, I, that these races, you know, capitalists are doing. So it, I don't know what he was thinking, but um, get us get back to the questions. I, every, every time I'm playing a game and someone is like, oh, the king sends you here. I'm like, I turn right around and I go back to the king because, you know, I, we are not doing a monarchy in 2021. Exactly. Um, so how was your journey in uh, working alongside the other collaborators for the Fat Magic RPG? Um, it was wild. It was like a kind of like a snowball um, because for a very long time, um, for a long time, it was me and it was my thoughts. Um, and it was kind of like it was being like drip fed, drip fed to the players. Um, and then I brought Hannah on board as an editor. And then for a very long time, it was a very small, like um, creative process because it was just me and Hannah. And it was just going back and forth between the two of us. Um, and then uh, kind of, I, I think it was at the start of this year, maybe the end of the year, we started bringing on the artists. Um, and I had always, I had always um, wanted Jess Kudzinski um, I, I hope I'm saying that name right. Um, Jess Kaczynski for the um, for the cover, um, because they 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 do a lot of art for um, Careers Call, which is like a, a campaign one shot, and I always saw that as like the style that that Fat Magic was in. Like when I imagined the world, that was that was how I viewed it. So I I, I brought them on to do the cover, and that was kind of like the the starting point. When I when I would bring on a new um, illustrator, I would I would send them that cover, and I would be like, "This is the world. This is this is the kind of friendly, kind of like soft, fun, kind of like feel to it." Um, and then it kind of snowballed from there. We now have ten artists, I think, mm -hmm. um, all who kind of like have have different specialities and different skills. Um, we have one guy, Carlos, who who just does like the most incredible weird horror art which um like it, it doesn't seem like it would it would be in this sort of book but there there's a middle segment in the book where you're in a, a place called cake town mm -hmm. and it's this um this like tiered society where at the top of the society this society the society is um a a family of of vampire lords and they run the uh they run the 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 cake town potato company and like the cake town potato company is like the mechanism for oppression um that they use to keep everybody in cake town alive and um you know under the boot of the vampires mm. um so that whole section is kind of like horror themed it, like it draws on like you know um old school hammer horror vampire theming um, and he has just been like designing all the stuff for that and is absolutely like gorgeous. He, he, he sent me um, a group, I, I, I keep doing this to myself where I make these terrible puns that even I can't pronounce. 
and it's it's a werewolf that's made with gruyere cheese and it's a gruyere wolf oh man and it, it is the grossest weirdest creature ever and he did such an amazing job of it it has these big sad wet eyes um and it, it, it it's lovely um i i was again i was looking at the um pdf and um i went to school for graphic design so mm -hmm. i was just in heaven by looking at it it's like this menu layout and then the formatting the lettering even the size of the font even just the color palette it's easy on the eyes it's great it looks like a like an old school diner menu mm -hmm. in a way um which i thought was great um what else to see? Yeah, I, I like most of the comments we've gotten on that layout. Like everyone says they like it, but all mm -hmm. it's always the graphic designers or people who've studied graphic design are like, it is, it's so good, it's beautiful. And I I love it. That came very late in the day, actually. Um, because we we had we had trouble finding a layout artist for a while. Um, just because nobody was available and there was um there was a couple of people who like, you know, they took time getting back and they were like maybe gonna do it and then they weren't gonna do it. And Amber, who, who ended up doing this, wasn't available when I first um, inquired. Mm -hmm. um, but by the time that the Kickstarter was rolling around and we still didn't have a layout designer, um, Amber emailed me and was like, hey, is this still open? And I was like, yeah. And it just all came together like super, super quickly. Um, they put together that, that 50 page, um, they put together a 50 page PDF. They designed what the look of the book was gonna be like. At, the whole Kickstarter page, all those assets, uh, those are all have been created by by Amber. Um, yeah, it's a good it's a good layout. Um, the PDF itself and the Kickstarter page, because I've I've commented to other um, creators who have campaigns on Kickstarter um, mm -hmm. that you know they need to have stuff visually available to potential backers, not just have it on the side because no one's really looking at that. They're looking at everything right here on the front of the page. Yeah. So like visually, um, it's it's a great page to look at the Kickstarter page. Thank it has you. everything there for a potential backer. Um, what insight would you give to up and coming artists slash writers who um, you wish someone had gave you when you first started? I'd, I'd get involved with the community early um, because I've always been this, this kind of like this shut-in who I, I just work on it on my own and I'm going to get it done. And when it's done, I'll just put it out. Mm -hmm. And I've been like that always. I've, I've worked in, in comics and um, I put out a few comics in Ireland and that's always kind of been the way that I work. Um, but Towards the end of this project, I, I started getting involved in the indie TTRPG space on, on Twitter um, and other social media as well. But really, Twitter is kind of like where I've, I've found my, my feet. Mm -hmm. And to be in there with, with everybody and, and like just seeing everyone create ideas and, and being able to share your ideas with people like keeps you energized and motivated and in the space in a way that like it, it doesn't feel like that when you're just hammering away at it when you're at home mm -hmm. Which, like it it sometimes feels like you could sit down and you can feel like I haven't done anything at all because I haven't put anything out but when you're 
when you're on the space and you're like showing it to people and you're, you're getting ideas and you're making connections, it really feels like you're actively in the place and it gives you an energy that just is impossible to muster on your own. Mm. Um, and you are going to get help. Like, like you are going to get help that you wouldn't believe. Like you're not even going to ask and people are going to be there for you. They're going to, they're going to reach out for you. They're going to boost your stuff. Um, you know, if you need, you need resources or teaching it, it's it's all there and people are willing to to like give it away for for nothing um so yeah i i would absolutely like recommend like finding finding your little uh square of the internet and finding your people yeah that's how i was in the first year of doing this podcast it was just me um doing like tv overviews of animes or reviews of movies and I felt like I wasn't really getting anywhere as far as outreach and engagement. That's when mm -hmm. I started reaching out to people. Actually, my first interview on the podcast was a guy reaching out to me from Kickstarter. And that kind of like, like set off as like a snowball effect of me reaching out to other people. Like, maybe I can do this. Maybe I didn't have the confidence at first, but it took someone else to see the potential in me for me to reach out to other people. And June was really busy for me. June of this year was really busy for me. So I was going to stop doing the interviews for a while, but then mm. um, I decided to go to No Land Beyond. The, it's, a, it's a gaming store slash bar for people who aren't familiar with it. Um, and I haven't been out in a while, like pretty much all of last year and a half, I really haven't been out. And they're having this event there. And I met Mitch there. I met a, a bunch of other um, people of color gamers there and I saw the flyer and I was like I'll, I'll reach out to them they're here in Baltimore I'll reach out and try to do an interview and that gave me the energy the confidence to start doing the, the interviews again yeah um yeah so reaching out to those in your community like physical community and even in on the internet like you said is great advice yeah um you, so, you used to do you used to do do you still do anime reviews yeah i'm actually doing um sailor moon right now oh cool because um the last one i did was the god of high school yeah and then um before that was jujitsu kaisen um megalobox um inuyasha all of inuyasha yeah that's um, a lot yeah uh uh what was it you, uh, Yu Yu Hakusho, all of that. Um, I'm pretty sure I'm missing a bunch of others, but I can't recall. I've done so many. I do them back to back to back. So, did, did you catch the 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 reboot of Fruits Basket at all? No, I haven't. I haven't catched it at all. Uh, it's just Sailor Moon is a lot. Yeah. So, <laughs> so it's a lot. So I'm just trying to keep up and do that. And I also do uh, other like other gaming stuff like gaming reviews of independent games so i do those um playing those and then book reviews like i'm doing the history of super nintendo entertainment system pixel art oh so wow i'm doing that it's it's a lot but yeah i'm keeping busy so yeah you are <laughs> um the last time i checked with the um fat magic rpg you guys are like 60 percent of the way so like like, how does that feel? Is this your first Kickstarter? Uh, yes, okay. this is my first Kickstarter. Um, it feels pretty good. It's it's like I'm keep 
I keep waiting for, you know, the last dollar to drip in and to, to like freeze, you know? Uh-huh. Uh, Cause you know, you always hear those horror stories of like someone has a first great day and then, and then nothing for the rest of the Kickstarter. Um, yeah, so- it normally plateaus, I think at one point and then within the last week it shoots mm-hmm. up. Like I just spoke with somebody and they were like $3,000 away from their goal and they had 24 hours left and they said it was like $5,000 came. Wow. Wow. Well, that'll be nice. (laughs) And you got, I think you guys have like over 20 days left, right? Yeah, we got, we got 23 days left. Uh, We're 60% funded. I'm, I'm trying to use that fear to like, keep me motivated. So like Mm -hmm. to keep the, keep the advertising going, keep trying to put out as much free content as possible to like push people to the Kickstarter. Got advertising going. We got, um, Mitch from uh, uh, Penny for a Tale, mm-hmm. um, and he's he's kind of run a bunch of successful Kickstarters, and he lives just around the corner from me from me, and he's been like super cool and kind of like helping out and like all the marketing stuff. Um, so like next week we're actually going to be on uh, be doing a couple of uh, one shots, and so people can actually see how the game runs, um, and they can get a get a, a first hand taste of my terrible sense of humor. Um, where can I, where can we watch that uh that is on um do you mind if i just check real quick sure go ahead so it's uh it's on wednesday we're going to be on weave for a tail okay uh which is which is in the penny for a tail network okay yeah um and we're still kind of like hammering out the details on that right now yeah i'll, I'll make sure to check it out because i'm really interested in this in this um rpg um but I, I asked a question about how you feel about um, reaching, you know, 60% of your goal. Mm. I asked that question because as artists, we expect criticism or a minimum to no attention to our work. Um, when you receive praise for any of your work or contributions to a project, do you believe it when you initially hear it? You know, how do you will, your, how do you will yourself into accepting that praise as real, that it's real, that your work and talents are valid? I'll, I'll let you know when I, when I work that out. <laughs> no, it's, it's, it's interesting because like, you know, on, on, on some level you do understand that like what you're doing is, is worthwhile because uh, I mean, I, I enjoy writing it for myself and like, for like the fact that I enjoy writing it for myself and that my, my table enjoyed it. Like that's almost enough for me. Like that's enough validation that like, yes, this is something worthwhile. This is something that 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 has like, you know, some sort of value. Um, seeing people uh, like reacting positively online to it, there there is still that sense of like, oh no, I've accidentally tricked all these people into thinking this is good. But uh-huh. but then once you put out something like the the PDF, where like there's actual writing in that, there's actual game design in that, there's actual monsters, there's abilities there's story there's mystery and to have people respond positively to to that is is something that means like so much more than than everything else that came before like it's it's very cool to get a positive response to a concept or an idea or an aesthetic but to get a positive response to like the 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 hard copy the the real work like what the product is going to be is is invaluable um so and and like part of you know the the advice i i gave earlier were like finding your community 
is is taking that copy and and showing it to people and like if you don't have like an editor like i do they are um you know discords where you can actually like just put your writing out there and people will look at it and read it and they'll tell you what they think about it and you can you can get that motivation um like from the get-go mm -hmm. um so my my last question to you shane is um what is your idea of success and i asked that because if you're not making money or have regular paychecks, like from a full-time job, you're not mm -hmm. successful. That's what a lot of us are led to believe. So we put our dreams on the back burner or give them up altogether. Um, you know, we're hesitant or doubtful about pursuing this career path because it's highly competitive and highly mm -hmm. intimidating. My, my, my meter for success is, um, especially like as, as kind of like the driving force behind this whole project is I, my goal isn't to make money on this. Um, my goal is, is I would say twofold. First of all, I, I want every single person to, who worked on it to come away saying that it was a positive experience, that they, they got paid fairly. Um, and that like, yes, they would, they would work with, with me again, because um, me and, and my group that, that like, I like my close group of friends, who play this game with me have been through um well we you know we we work in cre the creative industry we've been in toxic workplaces we've been in negative workplaces we've been in places that that take it for granted that like you love doing the thing you do and so we're going to take advantage of you and, and grind you to salt um so like it's incredibly important for me that any project i work on is not that mm -hmm. um so that first of all and then um second of all I can't remember what the second one was. <laughs> I to to put a book out, um, like with all of this in it, um, and to have people buy it and to read it and play it at their games, like that's that's incredible to me. Like no matter how many people it is, if if there is a physical book, and people like take it to their table and they enjoy it with their friends, that that's success. Mm -hmm. You know. Um. Well, yeah, that was my last question. Is there anything else you wanted to push or discuss about the RPG? Maybe um, discuss the rewards for potential backers? Um, yeah, I mean, so the, the rewards that we have right now um, are, uh, bah, 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 bah. we've got, got a, a drinks cozy. Um, um, we. I know I was looking at the one with the, um, the DM screen in the dice bag. That's yeah. what I was looking at. The the DM screen is it's still in development. Mm -hmm. Um, so uh, we have one of our artists is like working pretty much night and day on that DM screen because it, it it's we we kind of went all out instead of just doing like one long picture and kind of like blowing it up. We went with with four huge pictures and like each panel represents a different stage in the adventure starting at like act one and then like going all the way to and like act one you, you you start off and you're like I don't know if you read in the pdf but you start off as employees like you're typically like a bar person uh uh you know a chef in a local restaurant you know a, a down on their luck um you know waiter yeah um, uh, I, I saw that you said um you lived in town all your life. Um, you don't own any property. You don't have any money. You're not a hero. You're just an employee. Yep. Yeah. And it, it's kind of like you know, it's playing off that 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 idea that 
you know, when you play D and D, you 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 start off clearing out a basement full of rats, and then by the end of it, you're punching God in the face. Mm-hmm. But this is like the the extreme of that. You're you're you know you're you're an employee. You experience. You've been in, in the workplace, and you've experienced like the grind of capitalism firsthand. Even though you you've experienced it in a relatively nice um, village, and you have privilege compared to like other people in different places throughout the game. Um, so it, it's like part of that was like to give players a perspective to enter the world with and then build off of. Um, but anyway, so the, the screen you start and they're like happy and they're in the, this, this, they're leaving their, their town of Salted Pork. And then it transitions through like uh, three other of the major points in the adventure and ends with the panel of them, you know, uh, punching God in the face, we'll call it, but like not punching God in the face. Uh-huh. Um, um, and then I saw, I think another one was a lapel pin and then I think a t-shirt and then I think the top one was 300. You, I think you would guess you would be like a piece, uh, NPC or something like that. Um, have your name written in the game or something like that. It, for 300, one of our artists will, will actually draw your OC and, and put them in like in one of the the pictures that will appear in the book so either in the background or um in in like an illustration with a bunch of um those characters depending on how many we get um there's been a, a quite a good up like people have been picking that tier um quite a lot more than i expected mm-hmm. i thought we'd get like two or three of those but but we have like 12 or 13 last time i checked oh wow um so we're gonna have a big picture full of like you, you know um, just kind of normal guys with horns and stuff. Um, but yeah, that, that was, uh, we, we, the, the t-shirt idea was actually because Kinley, Kinley, who was one of our artists and um, drew, um, one of the very early concept arts was, um, this tiefling, uh, with like a crop top on and they had a, a, a t-shirt with like a radish on it mm-hmm. and it says rad vibes. And, uh, it was very funny. We, 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 we just really enjoyed that. And then we decided that instead of just doing a t-shirt where it was like, you know, we could, we could have just put fat magic on a t-shirt. We decided to do like an in-universe t-shirt where like there's a band in the game called Rad Vibes and people who listen to this band have like t-shirts that say Rad Vibes on them. So like you're, you're getting a band t-shirt from a band in the game rather than just a fat magic t-shirt. Oh yeah. That sounds really cool too. Um, so is there um, anything else you wanted to add before we um, wrap up, Shane? Not really. Back Fat Magic uh, on Kickstarter. Uh, you can go to fatmagicrpg.com. Go straight to the page. Um, thank you so much for having me. Uh, is there anywhere um, people can find the Fat RPG um, other than the Kickstarter, maybe when it's finished, like any social media channels? Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, so we're we're pretty much everywhere um, as Fat Magic RPG. Um, I think um, once the Kickstarter is done, we'll probably um, take that URL and turn it into maybe like a backer kit page or its mm-hmm. own website. Um, and pretty much the Twitter is is the best place um, for updates. I'm constantly on there, um, just mouthing off all day long and and telling terrible jokes. Uh, that's probably, maybe don't go there. Um, <laughs> no, yeah, that's the best place to go if you want regular updates. Oh, sweet. So, um, all right. Well, thank you again to writer and editor Shane S.C. Orman, one of the collaborators on the 5e tabletop board game Fat Magic RPG, currently on Kickstarter. 
I highly encourage our listeners to back this project if they can. Also to follow along on the project's various social media channels listed alongside the Kickstarter link in this episode's details. Again, I'm K.S. Garner, and you've been listening to the Solo Nerdberg Podcast. Thank you.